Welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service uh, will last about an hour and in a few seconds you'll meet our hosts uh, for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we will have a time of worship and reflection, after which we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments. Now, we want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and we've got a few ways in which you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream, and if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our fairly new podcast called What's the Story, uh, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things can be found on our website at www.crowd.church, or you can reach out to us on social media at Crowd Church. If you are new to crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now, the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Well, good evening and welcome to Crowd Online Church with me, uh, Matt Edmondson, and beside me, the beautiful man known as John Harding. How are we doing, John? I mean, that's a great introduction, Matt, to be called a beautiful man. Well, uh, so yeah. thank you for that. I will take that. Um, it's a hello and it's a happy Christmas to you. Are yeah, you much I... of a Christmassy person, Matt? Are you into Christmas? Are you serious? I absolutely adore Christmas. It's it's my perhaps my favourite time of the year, um, with the exception of the, I mean I, I even like the cold weather, uh, but I I love the Christmas jumpers. I love the gifts. I love the whole run up to Christmas. I love the Christmas story. I love the nativity. We had the nativity at church this morning, which was just great. I love how kids get excited about it. I mean, yeah, there's what's there not to love, right? Yes. There's a lot to love. And if ever there was a time to be thinking about Jesus and church, it is this time of year. I think people are really um, aware that our present moment is shaped by something 2000 years ago. So, um, yes, a happy, joyful, peaceful Christmas to you and to everyone tuning in this evening. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to you and the family. Uh, SPJ, it's um, it's just a great time of the year, and you've actually got a Christmas tree behind you, whereas I haven't. I'm just wearing the Christmas jumper. Yeah, I mean we've got a minimalist tree here. I was always a little bit averse to Christmas decorations. Um, I think what with my mum doing the house up at like a Hindu shrine, <laughs> you know, like with streamers everywhere, <laughs> literally dizzying, dizzying amounts of shiny. Christmas um, tap, for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you say, 
once you start to capture with your own kids that sense of uh, Christmas joy and fun again, you sort of get back into it big time, don't you? You do, so, yeah. totally, you do. And uh, my mum was the same way, you know, God love her, and just stuff everywhere. And it's, uh, we, 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 we don't... We, we don't have the same. Is that your phone buzzing? We don't have the same taste uh, in Christmas decorations. I think in the different generations. I wonder what my kids will do. Uh, did you have? Did you remember to have those sort of concertina ones mm -hmm. that then pulled out the streams? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every year the same. Just <laughs> you don't see a lot of those these days, do you? No, praise the Lord. <laughs> there are just some things which should just stay in the 80s, uh, and that for me would be one of them. <laughs> and like you say, all the, all the bits of tinsel uh, and all that stuff everywhere. Do you do the real tree or do you do like the, the, the reusable tree? Well, um, since you ask, um, I have an actual allergy to real trees. No, seriously. Um, so um, five or six years ago, it kicked off really bad, um, I and I ended up just dragging the tree decorations and all out into the garden because it was just really flaring up, breathing. It gave me hives. No way. If I get if a tree touches me, so I didn't have that growing up. Um, it's a more recent thing, but um, since how you ask, no, we are fake all the way. Well, I did not know that way. It's a good job. I mean, normally you host round at our house, so it's a good job you're not, because we have this massive real tree in our front room. Uh, so, yeah, stayed at home. Uh, so, Matt, in the comments, where's John's Christmas jumper? Are you allergic to those as well? Uh, well, I am allergic to my pure acrylic jumper that puts me at a high fire risk, Matt <laughs> um, I'm going for a, a more sort of toned-down Christmas shirt. Yeah, I, th I think it's Christmas lumberjack chic. That's how I think it is. <laughs> I love it. Own it, man. Own it and work it. That's what I say. Christmas lumberjack chic. Uh, Sharon's in the comments on Facebook, which reminds me, if you are watching the live stream on Facebook, uh, why not come over and join us on YouTube? The link is in the comments. The reason I'd suggest this is we are gonna, from the new year, just be live streaming on YouTube and not YouTube and Facebook for a number of reasons which I won't bore you with, uh, but that's what we're gonna be doing. So come over and join us on YouTube where uh, people are watching and commenting. Those that haven't uh, sort of hung around to watch the end of the World Cup, because uh, <laughs> when, when we were warming up, uh, as I like to call it, before we hit the go live button, we were actually watching the penalty shootouts. You were watching it at yours, I was watching it at mine. Uh, so what a World Cup final that was. Indeed, indeed. And um, lots of lessons in there for um, life in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we can wangle one or two sermons out of the, <laughs> out of the final. Brilliant. So coming up today, let's tell you what's happening today. We are going to have a talk uh, called... Um, finding peace in difficult times. I should know this because I did the talk. Uh, we've got finding peace in difficult times. We've got the new, the brand new Christmas Carol in the bleak mid. I mean, it's not a brand new Christmas Carol, but it's a brand new arrangement of the Christmas Carol done by uh, John Farrington and Josh Edmondson. Uh, so, if you know Josh, my son, he likes. Uh, he's got one of these fancy pieces of software, John, and he he likes to throw in orchestras and brass and flutes and all kinds of stuff 
uh, amazing, really, uh, what you can do these days. So full orchestral version. Uh, so we've got that coming up, and then myself and John will be here for Conversation Street. So I think I've got everything there. I've mentioned uh, on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, come join us on YouTube. Uh, and so without further ado, let me uh, let me find the right thing to push on my computer here. We'll get into the talk. Like I say, that will follow, be followed by Carol, and then John and I, John and I will be back after that. We'll see you uh, in a few short minutes. See you. Christmas is a time of the year that we traditionally associate with happiness and peace and potentially Christmas jumpers, although not sure how traditional they are. But for many people, it can be a difficult and stressful time. And this year especially, it just feels like the bleakest midwinter we've had for a while. For many, this Christmas season will not be a merry one at all. There will be families both in the Ukraine and in Russia sitting down to dinner, looking at empty spaces around them, which is assuming they still have a home to have Christmas dinner in, all thanks to an illegal wall that should just not be happening. Here in the UK, we may also be looking at an empty table, empty of food, shivering in cold as we can't afford to put the heating on, listening to the first ever King's Christmas speech, wondering if this will be the last year we have Christmas in our family home, thanks to the crazy interest rates driving up mortgages and rents. And I wonder how many prime ministers we will actually have in 2023. Well, the bets are in. You see, the famous Christmas carol talks about a bleak midwinter where frosty wind made moan and the earth stood hard as iron. Well, it kind of feels pretty apt, doesn't it? Uh, so can it really be a merry Christmas this year? Well, I think it can. And I think it can not just because of the unbreakable spirit of the Ukrainian families or the bravery of Russian citizens standing up to the leadership of their country, or because of those who invite others into their homes this winter to share their heating load, or because of those living in tough times determined to be more generous. I think we can have a Merry Christmas because if there is anything the first Christmas story teaches us, it is that finding peace in difficult times is actually possible, albeit that peace may come in the most unusual of ways. So the first Christmas story was told at a time of darkness for the world, a time when the world needed a hero. Cue the I need a hero music. Uh, they needed a hero to come and rescue it, a savior. And so the story starts with hope, a promise that change would come. In Luke, we read that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow, I mean, what a way to start the story of Christmas with a visit from an angel, and not just any angel, I might hasten to add. This is the Archangel Gabriel appearing and telling you that you, Mary, are highly favoured, that God is with you, and that you don't have to be afraid, that the Saviour is coming, one who will rule and reign, and that his kingdom will never end. Doesn't that sound amazing? The hero is coming. The one person who can transform transform everything and make everything right is on his way. And Jesus is born and the angels of God get so excited about this that they all just sort of appear in the sky and start singing. Uh, in Luke we read, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Imagine that, right? Imagine you are a shepherd in the field minding your own business. We used to sing at school washing their socks. You know, the angels would wash their socks because it rhymed with flocks. Uh, But whatever they were doing, you're just kind of minding your own business. And then angels start appearing in the sky and singing. Hello. I mean, that's pretty intense, right? But notice what the angels are singing about at the birth of Jesus. Peace. They sang about peace. The angels knew that Jesus' coming would bring this one key thing, peace. And it wasn't just the angels that understood this. Isaiah understood this 700 years before that first Christmas day. Isaiah wrote, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow the Prince of Peace. That's who the angels were singing about. Christ, the Prince of Peace, would bring peace to all men and all women that please him on whom his favour rests. Oh my. Now the Christmas gift of Christmas then is peace. Finding peace in difficult times is all about finding Christ. And Christmas reminds us of that fact. Jesus even said this of himself. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? I mean, he's leaving us with a gift. Hello, it's Christmas. 
Christmas gift, peace. A peace that is literally out of this world. So we don't have to be troubled when in trouble or afraid when in times of fear. So how does that peace come? I mean, it sounds great, right? But how does it come? How does the Prince of Peace, the Savior, the hero, the one whose kingdom will last forever, give us this gift of peace? Peace? Peace. Or peace if you're going skiing this Christmas. Uh, well, that's the second thing, isn't it? The Christmas story teaches the way that this divine heavenly peace comes might not be what we expect. You see, when Christ came, the Jews were expecting him to come and rule, to take charge of the earth, to oust the evil dictators and overlords and to rid the world of injustice and suffering. Peace, at least in their minds, would come by a ruling, conquering Messiah. So, well, it was a little bit shocking that Messiah spent his few hours on earth in a manger. And if we're honest, I think many of us still want the same thing today. God, if you are real, come and put an end to this suffering. Bring peace by being that overriding, all-conquering God and stop the wars and the evil and the pain and the suffering. Surely that is what a God of love should do, right? Yet somehow in the midst of all this, we're faced with a baby in a manger. We are faced with the truth that peace is possible in spite of the world events and even the suffering that we are living through. And at the time of Jesus' birth, their world was run by a delusional evil tyrant that was so afraid of losing power, he ordered the slaughter of all the boys in Bethlehem under the age of two. He too carried out an unjust war. And the only reason that Jesus wasn't one of the slaughtered was because, well, Matthew tells us that God's angel showed up again in Joseph's dream and commanded, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Stay until further notice. Herod is on the hunt for this child and wants to kill him. Well, hang on a minute. I mean, let's just think about this, right? Mary is highly favoured of God. She is nursing the Christ, the Messiah. Why should she have to flee? Surely God should send angels to slap, you know, Herod around a little bit to knock some sense into him. This would solve it, surely. But it seems that God doesn't override Herod's free will of craziness, but rather tells Joseph how to respond as a result. Basically, get out of there. So sometimes, just sometimes, the way that God gives us peace is to get us out of the situation that we are in. Sometimes we have to leave where we are to find peace. You see, God doesn't always change the situation, but he will often change our location. And this is the story of the Christmas gospel, of this baby king that would be called Messiah, the Prince of Peace. He doesn't bring an iron rod to the rulers of the earth straight away. It's coming. It's just not yet. And as much as we want God to change the economic climate and the wars, and as much as we pray for peace and restoration, and we do, our transformation might not be a change of situation, but a change of location. God told Joseph to take his family to Egypt. 
So let me ask you a question. What is Egypt for you? Where is God leading you to in order to find peace in difficult times? It may be time to flee that relationship, that house, that toxic job, to flee those things that are slowly killing you and choking you. It may be time to flee that attitude and way of thinking, which means you're always angry and bitter. Or maybe we need to flee the need to always be right or your perfectionism or need to control everything. For Mary and Joseph, Bethlehem was a place where the story of Christ started. It was the right place to be in at the beginning, but now, well, it was time to move on. And it may be for some of us, we've got stuck, stuck in places where God took us at the beginning, but now it's time to leave. But we find it hard because God was moving there once. What's also interesting in this story is the move from Bethlehem to Egypt. That was, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? What, what was that like? Well, it's a bit like God leading you from your nice suburban life to the inner city. Maybe he's leading you to downsize or to take a lower paid job. Maybe he is actually leading you to a different country. I don't know. But finding peace in difficult times, well, well, that may mean moving on and moving forward. It's definitely, definitely about following the leading of God to where he will take you. But where he takes you might not always seem to be a promotion. Just want to put that out there. I know for me, one thing that is definitely on my radar of things that I need to flee at this particular time is fear, especially because we are in these particular times, these difficult times. It's easy for me to get caught up in the dread of the unknown, the stress, the anxiety, the hopelessness, you know, stuff that kind of strangles the life out of us. It could easily cause me to shrink in and protect what I have, you know, to become selfish. And you know what? It would be easy to justify that too. I could spend all my time moaning about the government or policy or leaders or whatever villain is popular at the time as a way of distracting me and those around me from the fear in my own heart. I could easily become a victim here. But it doesn't have to be that way for us at Christmas, especially if we are Christian on whom God's favor rests. And that's what the angel preached at the first Christmas, the first Christmas sermon. My transformation might not be a change of my situation, but a change of my location. I can follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit and flee that position of fear to a position of divine peace. So instead of shrinking in, instead of selfishness, I believe that God can lead us to a place where we can be generous. When things are tight, he leads us to give and to do so with a merry and cheerful heart. And this is not just with our money, but our treasure and also our time and also our tongue and also our talents. So my encouragement to all of us this Christmas, especially to the Christians, is understand what it is you need to flee from. Follow the Holy Spirit at this time. Increase the time you spend rejoicing and praying and being grateful.
and allow the peace of God to guard your heart, as Philippians 4, 7 tells us. We don't know what will happen. And you know what? It might well get worse yet, just like it did in Bethlehem all those years ago. The government is not the answer. That is for sure. And we have to be really clear where we are looking for answers. Remember where your hope is placed and remember who it is you serve. Remember who your provider is, who your comforter is. And remember this Christmas that Jesus is your Prince of Peace. We are of a different kingdom. And that is the point, isn't it? I said that our transformation might not be a change of situation, but a change of location. And that's true. But ultimately, even though it took a while, the situation did change for Mary and Joseph and they returned to Nazareth. Eventually, Herod was no more. And that's the final point here that I wanna mention about the Christmas story and finding peace in difficult times. The rulers of this world are temporal. Their kingdoms are temporary. Situations all eventually change because we pray to and we serve an everlasting king and an everlasting kingdom and his peace is eternal. And whilst the situation changes, we can pray that God changes our location to one of peace. So the carol in the bleak midwinter ends with these words, what can I give him? Give him my heart. You see, this is the antidote to bleakness. Finding peace in difficult times is all about giving him, Jesus, our Christmas peace, our hearts, giving him all our fear and anxiety to a Christ, knowing that he cares for us, allowing that Christmas rejoicing to rise up within us, to sing with gusto the Christmas carols, you know, let all the earth rejoice, joy to the world. And we can reach out and share that joy with a hurting world. So let me end this talk the way I started it, by wishing you a Merry Christmas, knowing that regardless of what your situation is, God can change your location to a joy-filled, full of peace, peaceful, Merry, very Merry Christmas. So sincerely, Merry Christmas and peace on earth.
So, and we're back. <laughs> we are back. I tell you what, Matt, if you weren't feeling Christmassy, you would be after that song, wouldn't you? Oh, you would. You would. Yeah, it's got to be like the third or fourth time I've heard it today because we had to put the lyrics to it really quickly this afternoon. And when you listen to it in your headphones and you get the full surround sound effect of everything that's got, man, you get sucked into that. Definitely. So. They, need do, uh, they need to do like a little boy band type of video, like in a snow globe wearing <laughs> white. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Matt. Can you imagine? 
great talk great talk i've got to say like i have done dozens 20 30 different christmas talks i love that so much oh, that you, you can listen to a, a, another christmas talk another mm. year and still get so much out of it because that's the richness of the story isn't it great oh, it talk yeah, thank you. And like, and, and, you know, you're right, aren't you? Every I've done a Christmas talk now for quite a few years, uh, whether frontline or whether, you know, on crowd or whatever. And every time you you never come to it and think, well, what am I going to talk about this Christmas? Because there's always so much in there, isn't there? And it always yeah. just feels so relevant to the time in which you're living when you look at what's going on. Absolutely. And I tell you what, you, you made some big claims in there, Matt. You know, well, we're not talking go big about or go home, right? <laughs> and write the stone. But you know, we're not talking about a little bit of peace when you're feeling a little bit down, a little bit of peace when you've got a little bit of a cash flow issue. We're talking about you used examples like Ukraine and Russia. You used mm. examples of um, global economic hardship that's affecting people with fuel poverty and mm. and that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, really. People who are watching this today and thinking, could that really be true? Could I really experience deep, profound, lasting peace mm. in my situation, in what I'm facing? Um, really? Do we do we believe that, Matt? Well, I know I do, John, uh, but it's a great question. I absolutely I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we both do. Don't we? we wouldn't be here. Mm. Um, but I, and I think that's the point. I think I was talking to someone in our office about this the other day. I can't remember a Christmas that where it felt as bleak as it does this year. I mean, I know we had the coronavirus stuff, but it, I, something about this year, I think, for a lot of people feels worse. And I fully understand that and I fully appreciate that it is really hard. But for me, in these hardest times, it's where the gospel shines the brightest. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. the, it's where the Christmas message absolutely can transform a situation, and I I believe it because I've experienced it. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I It's 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 the reality in which I live. You know, is is every day. God, I I know I need your peace because outside of that, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so um so yeah, I I like you, John. I I fundamentally believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I think if we're not talking about the sort of peace that could be relevant in all circumstances of life, then we'll, we'd pack up and go home. Mm. And yeah, it is. it does feel like a, a bleak winter, doesn't it? You know, with the cost of living and mm. conflicts in the world. And then you hear on the news about different tragedies that are taking place in people's mm. lives. I suppose in some ways it depends a little bit where you are on the arc and curve of life. I, I was just thinking when you were talking about it, how um, for us as kids, we were um, jumble sale clothes, secondhand gifts at Christmas. I remember sitting down numerous times and mum saying, um, well, we're going to pray for food because we don't have any in. Mm. And you'd get a, a, a knock on the door and you'd get like um, a bag of food left outside. So... So when you were talking about it, I was I was just saying here, yes and amen, because that is my story and that is my experience, that is my history, uh, that actually we can, for me now, life has never felt as comfortable 
for yeah. myself and my wife both working in full-time employment uh, and yet for both of us we know that we've experienced jesus's peace mm. uh and our families have at some very challenging times in life that's the hope that we cling to isn't it it is and i think i think it's one of those where um where actually i would say yes financially i I mean, everyone's feeling the pinch, but oh, do we feel comfortable? Yes. And I think the challenge there becomes, well, to not to not just sort of sit back and protect what you have. I think, you know, we, we can become a little bit kind of like this, do you know what I mean? And put our arms around that and sort of go, well, hang on a minute. Um, God, what are you challenging me to do here? If I really feel peaceful, I won't try and protect what I have. I will still go, God, what do you want me to do with what I have? Uh, and I think yeah. it's a really interesting challenge. Well, that's what I loved about the talk, because it was as practical and as rooted as I would expect from you, Matt, because, you know, there's that one level. Peace is not passive. Mm. You, you don't just access this sort of peace in the 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 challenges and darkness of life by doing nothing. Yeah. And, and then that first level that people start to think about accessing peace tends to be a little bit more of the sort of modern therapeutic world type of peace, which is if I just get enough yoga classes in and if I just um, are able to listen to the right type of music mm. or if I'm just able to have um, th that person not talk to me in that way or demand that of me, then I'll achieve peace. Mm. And I think that as Christians, we do have spiritual disciplines that help us to access peace because they able, uh, enable us to access the presence of Jesus. Mm. And so prayer and being in community with one another, I think, helps sustain us in peace. But actually, I think there is a growing trend when you listen to um, when you listen to um, the radio, when you listen to. Um, experts talking about the mental health crisis that we are undoubtedly in the quest inward to explore our own feelings um, has not led people into breakthrough in their sense of peace no it hasn't but actually people who um, reach outward are people who tend to have much more uh, resilience and much mm. more peace in life because of the perspective that 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 brings and so I, I know i'm overly simplifying and we would never give any um advice like that on crowd church all i'm saying is i think there's a growing body and weight of evidence that says that those who look outwards mm. to and serve others like you said about generosity tend to find more resilience and more peace in life so yeah i loved how rooted it was yeah i i agree and one of the things that I found, and I, I mentioned, I think, in the talk, the scripture in Philippians 4, 6, we put it in the comments where it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. This is from the New Living Translation. And there's this thing whereby it's like, uh, as a Christian, I can pray. I know that God has heard me. I know that he cares about me. And then there's this other sort of step, isn't there, of gratitude, which sort of which I think a lot of us can miss, especially in difficult times. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's something about the ability to give thanks, not for everything, but in everything, right? I don't know if you found that, but Yeah. Well, I, I completely agree. Uh, but I say that acknowledging just how difficult it is. Mm. 
and I, I can see from the comments that people have um, posted things about um, loss and grief mm. and there's nothing that I would want to say that would minimize or detract from that. We have to be really mm. honest about the pain of life, the yeah. grief of life, the bitterness of life. But because peace is a person, peace is Jesus, and he has promised to always be with us, then it's a very precious, beautiful thing when we find Jesus's presence and peace mm. um, in those moments. Um, I, I tend to have a little bit of a, a, a bit of a now word um, for Christmas each year, probably because I'm prepping a Christmas talk. This is the first year yeah. I'm not on a Christmas talk, Matt. Uh, Matt. Um, I was thinking a few years ago when it says from Isaiah about the government is on his shoulders. Yeah. Just how, this, and if you've got any sense of government or authority or leadership, how that rests, it feels like it can be on your shoulders and you carry yeah. that weight with you. And I, so in my prayers, I keep saying, Jesus, the government um yeah. the church is on your shoulders it's not on mine it's not on yeah. uh, some politician but this year what i've been really um reflecting on is that normally when you have the prince of it's followed by a place the prince of yeah. wales yeah or the prince of persia or so on and so forth and and you said it so well about from situation to location the prince of peace is a person mm. and peace is described almost like like a place that we find in jesus and so what peace is there outside of him and i just encourage anyone who's experiencing grief and loss and sadness mm. and fear and fear at this time just to invite jesus to come and fill your life with more of his presence and more of his peace i'm confident that he would do that yeah, and you would draw a comment to you. Yeah, no, very true. Very well said. Um, very well said. And I, I totally agree. I think it's it's hard, I think, for a lot of people at Christmas. Um, Christians included, right? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean it's not going to be hard, um, especially with loss or grief, um, you know, those kind of things. Or if there's uh, pff, uh, loss of work or any of those kind of things, it doesn't, yeah, as a Christian, you're not excluded from the what the Bible would call trials and tribulations, right? Um, but what it... But what the Bible does give us is it does give us this promise of peace uh, and favour and grace and hope, uh, which I, it's not always easy to hold on to, uh, as you say, John. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're kind of like so grateful for Jesus. I love that. The, per, the peace is a person. Peace is not passive. It's a person. I don't know if you, you meant to alliterate there, John, uh, but you did. It's the spirit of alliteration. It's just a preacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so for all of us, peace can be quite a fleeting thing, but that's the, the that we can't be passive with that. We have to be active with that. Mm. And and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean like when you're faking it in any way. We're not about faking it. We're on a we're, we're about reality and honesty before the lord and and so i i i tend to just say that out aloud to god mm. um even when i'm walking the dog I, I tend to say lord i feel on my own in this lord i feel that i'm really struggling in this lord this this thing is really weighing in on my mind it's robbing me of my sleep it's robbing me of my peace uh, and I, I try to articulate that mm. to jesus because it is relationship 
yeah. and because he is a person and and if if you or i were struggling i hope we would say that to each other mm. and we have that sort of honesty and vulnerability and and for me that's a really good first step into accessing the peace of jesus yeah that's very true very true well it's what paul said was in philippians don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need um that's that simple statement you tell god what you need is just that it's that self-reflection it's that cataloging of where you're at isn't it i find for me i'm not gonna lie i find journaling really really helps with that um just writing stuff down and getting just praying on paper for want of a better expression uh, works yeah. really, really well for me, and, and just telling God what I need, where I'm at, what I'm thinking about, um, and just just then creating space and time just to listen to what He has to say in that situation. I would highly recommend some old school journaling. You see, when you when it says "tell God what you need," that's not because God doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's not for God's benefit. It's because of the impact it has on us. Mm-hmm. And then you took that to that next step, which. I think is why we need community and relationship and others in our life, which is um, make changes. Yeah, uh, it is within our power, isn't it, to make changes? Often it doesn't feel like it is, um, but actually we can put things in place, even if it's a slow, gradual process of either the stewardship of our resources or um, or the development of relationships and bringing around forgiveness and healing in relationships. Mm. Um, just to have that sort of plan in place. I just don't think that God is opposed to a plan. I think yeah. he's opposed to us doing it on our own, in our own strength, for our own motivation. Mm. But actually, we can bring that plan to him and ask him to give us wisdom and divine strategy to um, make breakthrough in those areas that mm. rob us of our peace. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting, isn't it, when... Um, the thing that I, I just I'd never really seen before in the Christmas story before doing this talk was that um, there was this massive problem with Herod, uh, you know, and his unjust war uh, on boys under two. And you you're told you, Joseph is told in a dream to, to head off to Egypt. Um, and you kind of think it's a really interesting thing for me. It's like, why did God just not go? well, that's my son, angels around him, Herod, you know, sorry, but but no, you're off, you're out of here. Uh, and that didn't happen. Um, and it was all about then, uh, well, we say, I said change in location, but it's it's that kind of, you've got to go from Bethlehem to Egypt. You've got to, you've got to move, you've got to get out of where you're at into a new situation. Uh, that that would not have been easy, I don't think, for Mary and Joseph. It's it, I said in the talk, it's not a promotion for those guys, and they've got the Son of God with them. Do you know what I mean? It's the the vulnerability of mm. this story is unreal. The the risk, mm. and we can get quite philosophical in all of that, and I'll avoid doing that. But uh, I'd seen someone had posted recently: if you were to remove the Jews, the Arabs, the refugees, and the ethnic outsiders from the Christmas story, you'd be left with a donkey and a star. You wouldn't be left with much. Yeah. You know, so we have here um, a teenage girl who is pregnant, and the, the choices that each one is making, the right choices, 
at each stage, despite the risk, despite the cost, despite the the vulnerability, despite the reputational risk, and and each time we see these choices that are being made, because what we learn, as you said so well, or perhaps I'll put it in my own words, God is not about just zapping people mm. and fixing for people. He's about using it to draw us into deeper intimacy and relationship with himself. Mm. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? it? They always used to say, and they still do. I, 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 maybe I've just not heard it for a while because I've not been in Sunday school for a little while. But they always used to say, you know, you need to pray that God changes you before you ask God to change others. Uh, and it's that kind of attitude, isn't it? That kind of, God, what is it you want me to do here in this situation, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, fi I find that um, that whole Joseph's ability to have a dream and just do what God said to do, <laughs> I find it extraordinary. I mean, Joseph's my man, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, not a lot said about Joseph, but the man just follows whatever God says, you know, it's just... <laughs> Uh, sometimes at massive personal cost, but he just seems to do it. Uh, and so that that ability just to follow what God says uh, and go to places where maybe he doesn't want to go leads to peace, it seems to me. Obedience, isn't it? Obedience mm. to the Lord's leading. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a cracking one. Uh, a cracking, love the Christmas story. Peace is not passive. Peace is a person. It's great, isn't it? It's great. Amen. Anything else, John, on this you want to say? I, I would encourage people to pray. And, you know, prayer, like you're saying, could be in written form or listening. We, we have such funny ideas of restrictive ideas of what prayer is. But, um, mm. you know, I, I pray for the church that I lead every day. And one of the things that I pray for is God's peace. Mm. Um, I ask God for it um, because it's a gift. So I ask that God would displace people's uh, grief and displace um, brokenness and displace um, anxiety and flood their hearts and lives with his light and his hope and his peace. And um, I, I would just encourage people to, to, to pray and talk to Jesus mm. and to invite his peace into their lives this Christmas. And of course, like we say, get in touch with us if that's the case if you get a story if that's your experience if you if you have a story of jesus doing just that as we expect he would and if you want to know what to do with that and if you want to take that further then uh, just get in touch we'd we'd love to help you in that journey of discovering more of who jesus the prince of peace is and what it looks like mm -hmm. for him to um to be a prince i.e to reign and rule in our hearts and our minds in this kingdom of, um, as it says in Romans, love, um, righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Yeah, uh, uh, we've put the thing on the screen there. If you do want to get in touch, if you would some, like someone to pray for you, then we would love to do that. We uh, we do get prayer requests from people and we do pray. So we are a praying church um, and we can stand with you and pray with you. We would love to do that. Um, and we know that Christmas can be a difficult time for a lot of people. And the truth of the Christmas story is it wasn't easy for Jesus either. And it was, um, and he's the son of God. But in the midst of that is a story that unfolds, which is unreal and unlike anything that you'll ever hear anywhere else. Uh, and that is the truth that Jesus uh, came for you and for me 
to have a relationship, to be able to talk to us, to be able to take away our fears and anxieties, to give us guidance and a hope and a future and a plan. Uh, and so it's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. In the midst of difficult times and turmoils, we still have a God who is there, always has been, always will be. Uh, so yes, uh, do get in touch with us. Uh, thanks always for your comments. One of the comments um, that came up, I'm going to take a slight left turn here, John. Actually, it's not a slight left turn. Yeah, it's not even off. This is a very different mountain, uh, if I'm honest with you. So Nicola reminded me. Now, I've just got to quickly set up a scene here. Uh, let's see if I can do this, uh, whereby I play uh, this video, which Nicola sent in from Nicola, who's one of the crowders, uh, to <laughs> to bless everybody. This is from, I just want to say again, this is from Nicola. Okay, so let me see if I can drag. I'll let me try something else while uh, while I work on that. Do, who do, are that do, gorgeous couple? Say again. Who are that gorgeous couple? Well, that's the big question, right? Who are they? So <laughs> we'll leave this. Uh, we'll leave this up to you to decide. Uh, hopefully, the volume comes through this time. Let's try this again. Uh, so let's. Sweet silver bells all seem to say Throw cares away Christmas is here Bringing a cheer Too young and old Drink and the ball Ding, dummy, dum, dum There's a song Ding, dum, a ring Dong, caroling Once it's a good word Sing the cheer From everywhere Filling the air Oh, the ball Raise in the sound Oh, the bells Oh, the bells Hear the rain While people sing songs Of the cheer Christmas is here Ding, dummy, dum, dummy Here's long Ding, dummy, dummy Here's long you go let me bring that back up there that's uh that's something to behold wasn't it if that doesn't keep people awake at night i don't know what <laughs> you've just unraveled your entire sermon there man <laughs> everybody's like i need peace now matt i'm gonna have nightmares dealing with that uh, it's amazing what artificial intelligence can do with a photo now. Uh, and so yes uh, that made me chuckle so uh merry christmas um Merry, very Merry Christmas. Could you hear that, by the way? Uh, yeah, I could. Say there's no sound. Uh, so hopefully everyone else heard it okay. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> next week. John, I told you earlier what's coming up next week. Do you remember? Well, like you said to me uh, earlier, slightly patronisingly, uh, <laughs> next week is Christmas. So thank you for that, Matt. Um, that will be the 25th of December then. Um, yeah, yeah. So there will be a crowd service streaming at the usual time, uh, along with the following week, which is New Year's Day. Yes. So you can still tune in if you would like to uh, for those two uh, online services. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. Well done, John. Uh, the thing to remember about the next two weeks is the live streams are not live live streams. We call them the non-live live streams because we pre-record them, just mainly because we're We'll be doing things Christmas Day and New Year's Day, uh, celebrating with loved ones and friends and family and all that sort of stuff. So all the guys involved with Crowd sort of have a couple of weeks off over the Christmas break. So we still put content out there. People will still be interacting in the comments. Do come and join us. Uh, we've got a few more carols uh, for next 
week coming as well. We've got Anna Kettle sharing a little something, which would be great. Uh, so do tune in for those. If you haven't yet seen this week's episode of What's the Story, check that out. That was my interview with Simon Gillibau. Uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his surname right, Gillibau, who is an absolute legend. Uh, talking about his time in Burundi, the podcast is called Gratitude Changes Everything. Uh, it was a phenomenal conversation. Loved my time with Simon. Uh, and just the way he did, and actually when we did the interview, he said, uh, and I quote to quote Simon, he has just gone through the worst two weeks of his entire life. Uh, yeah. And that's saying something when you hear some of the stories uh, about what has been going on in his life. Um, but just your heart is just lifted uh, and edified when you hear that podcast. So that's available on the website, uh, crowdchurch, www.crowd.church. You can check out that podcast. It's available on Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. The live streams are also going out on podcast as a separate feed, which you can also subscribe to. Uh, more information is on that website, do check it out. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, I just pointed to the website, which is www.crowd.church. Sorry, I've just realized we do audio as well as video here. Um, if you're watching, if you're listening to the audio, um, Matt is currently wearing a turkey hat on his head. <laughs> I'm not sure which, which Matt you're talking about, uh, but yes, <laughs> brilliant. So John, I think that's it from us. I think all that's left to say is, Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas indeed. Yeah, fantastic. Bless you guys. Have a very Merry Christmas. We'll be back again next week uh, for our non-live live stream. Our next live live stream, uh, John, you're doing. You're doing the talk on the intro to the Book of Acts. Indeed. So do join us for that. Do subscribe to Crowd uh, on YouTube. Hit that notification bell and we will see you in a few weeks' time. That's it from uh, John and myself. We're going to end the live stream here. God bless you. Very Merry Christmas to you. And if you don't know Jesus, maybe this season is a time to find out more about him. More information at our website. We would love to help you with that. But from me, from John, Merry Christmas. Bye for now. Merry Christmas, everyone.